This is the PMP Industry Insider Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome out to another episode of the PMP Industry Insider Podcast, where we look at what is changing in the industry and we take it to the front lines to those that are driving those changes in the industry. I would say except for this episode, because it's me and Dan uh, on this episode, which is kind of a little strange. But anyway, my name is Donnie Shelton, as usual, owner of Triangle Home Services. Uh, you all know Triangle Pass as well as Triangle Long, as well as the CEO of Colmarch, digital marketing and sales services for the home services industry, Pest and Long. And with me, as always, is the highly esteemed, uh, never, never dull moment, Dan Gordon. How's that? That's me. That's me. So, uh, or on my boat, I'm known as Dan Dan the Music Man. So, okay. <laughs> anyway, um, Dan Gordon, PCO Bookkeepers, Outsource CFO Services, and uh, Exit Planning Services, M&A Specialists. And uh, today we are doing our thing that we usually do every quarter, and that's the uh, wrap to our observations of what happened past quarter. Q3, Q3 wrap. So um, anyway, uh, I would like to welcome you to the podcast, Donnie. Oh, yeah. You know, it's kind of weird. Now, I actually get to chat instead of just ask questions. And so, I, you know, I'm, I don't know about you, Dan, but I'm actually pretty excited about doing this podcast. I was, um, as I was prepping for this and looking through kind of our marketing numbers and looking at what's happening in the industry. A lot of changes are happening right now and a lot of things that I don't think we have seen, some of which have not been anticipated and we'll get into that a little bit later, but um, just just for the audience here, I think what we're gonna do is we're gonna talk a little bit about marketing, talk a little bit about what's happening on the tax side and with the index. And then we're gonna get into some issues, you know, such as labor supply chain, as well as um, inflation. That's what we'll wrap up with. but. Um, Dan, if it's all right, I'll just go ahead and lead in with a little bit of the marketing stuff. I want to kind of update everyone what's happening there. Um, Knock yourself you know. out. Let's go. Yeah. So, you know, some things that we're seeing on the marketing side, um, you know, overall, if things are kind of normalizing, you know, Q1, you know, our non-paid cost per lead was right at 115. Q2 it was at 38, which is what you would expect for most folks in the pest and lawn. That's typically when seasonality kicks in. Obviously, we have some clients who are in the more southern part of the country um, who are not as sensitive to seasonality as those that are more northern northern part of the country. But overall, you know, Q3 average cost per lead right around forty three dollars. Um, it's it's still quite low given this time of year, which is great. That's and then on our paid side, um, you know, believe it or not, we're seeing that trend down. In Q1, it was right at hundred bucks. Q2 is 136. I think a lot of folks were um, spending, you know, trying to catch the season and, and, and for Q3 right at 98. So back to kind of Q1 levels and what that's an indicator of is that folks are pulling back the throttle a bit as we winding out the season. Um, and then if you kind of combine the two, um, pretty nice solid quarter, you know, Q1, it's at 143, which is typically pretty high just because a lot of folks are out there, you know, they're really competing for what business is there, especially with seasonality. Q2 at 75 and then Q3 here at 60. So this overall story paints what you would typically expect to see with seasonality. Uh, I think a lot of folks were pretty aggressive during the summer. 
we've talked about price increases that's been happening across the board on the platform. When I talk about the platform, I'm talking about Google. But the good part, or I should say the bright spot of all of this is that given, even with the increased competition, we're seeing a lot of growth in terms of organic traffic year over year. Yeah, you, know what's, you know what's interesting is, and we'll talk about the index later, the, the pest index, but the total market is um, increase of 14.3% year over year, and your organic traffic is 13%. It, it's highly correlated. Um, <laughs> Very highly that, correlated. That's pretty interesting. Uh, I just, so I didn't prepare that. Uh, I'm just looking at the numbers right now. Yeah, no, I, you know, it's, it's funny that they are, that they are that uh, correlated. They are very highly correlated. And, and that's exactly what I was going to wrap up with as far as the numbers are concerned. You know, the great thing about all of this is that the market is growing in general. You know, the past and long markets, you know, we've seen significant growth uh, year over year. And in like, you know, Dan, just like Dan mentioned, we're up 13% in organic growth. So that to me is a great indicator. It means that the industry is strong. It continues to grow. Um, of course, the spending is what it is. And I've mentioned this several times on the podcast. You know, Google is getting more and more sophisticated and better and better at monetizing their platform. And I think we're going to continue to see that. Um, in terms of the algorithm, you know, the reality of it is, is that Google did a lot of algorithm changes in the summer. I don't have a ton of commentary for this. What I will say is that they're getting more and more difficult to see. Uh, in the past, what we've seen with the algorithm updates is that, you know, Google would make an, an update, uh, kind of black hat SEO folks would find some holes in it. And then to kind of stop gap these holes, you'd see these really large algorithm updates. We've now reached a point where that is no longer the case. Um, and so what we're seeing is, they really started fine tuning the algorithm such that there's not really many um, ways to game the system. Um, you know, I, I think, and we've always done this, you know, I think the best approach here is just do what Google recommends um, and focus on the customer experience. And, you know, when you do the best of that, it doesn't really matter what the updates do, because at the end of the day, that's kind of what they're driving to give to the, to the end user. And so, so Google finally won. Yeah, I mean, that's the reality, right? I mean, you know, I, I will tell you this. If you are talking to someone and they, they, they say they got some special way of tricking Google or, you know, some some unknown way, then all I will tell you is that, number one, I'd be very skeptical. Number two, if it's true, it's not going to last very long because, you know, we, we went through this case of where they had kind of this spam cleanup, and, and now I'm going to rock some old school here, but, you know, like when they had the Penguin update. And so I just, I don't see that changing and you know these updates are getting more and more intelligent so um at the end of the day it's you know do what you should do follow the guidelines you know focus on the customer experience and guess what the algorithm is going to reward your site so that's that's kind of big picture there the other thing i would mention is we're seeing a dip in mosquito and spotted lanternfly performance and of course for some folks the spotted lanternfly they're like what are you talking about so this is kind of more regional than it is national, but but on the mosquito side, we're definitely we're definitely seeing a performance dip, which is what we would expect to see kind of this time of year anyway. But the reality of it is, is that we think this is being driven more by demand of people getting back into the office, and they're not as you know they're not home as much. Of course, this is the time of year when people start kind of pulling back, obviously because we're getting into the winter, but we are seeing it. Um, and I would say. 
the two key things before we finish out the digital marketing update here that I really want to talk about. Number one is there's been a big change on the mobile search engine result page. Um, before you go into that, let's just talk about spotted lanternflies because I've heard yeah. quite a bit about that. And so in general, what I'm hearing is that the search term is it's it's being searched. It's very expensive to bid on. And most of your local state and local governments and, and it's happening in the Northeast are, uh, you know, um, um, providing some remediation or some control. And so therefore, uh, people are doing a lot of research. And That's so correct. they're driving up the price of the, the, the spotted lantern fly term. It, it, and it's from what I'm hearing, it's not a good term to bid on. It's not a great term and it's not converting nowhere near like it was before, because like you said, there's other folks who are trying to step in and, and remediate that insect. And so, you know, if I were going to run some sort of ad or if I were going to, OK, what do I do about this is I would probably place i mean i would still do the seo side right i would still be very very strong in terms of information but i would try to convert off of that i would be very i would be very stingy with the dollars that i put towards that and i would make the ads very specific to uh remediation not to information if that makes sense you know i, I don't want to educate people if they if i want to educate them i will you know pull them through seo if i want to convert I need to make sure that my paid ads, you know, clearly communicate that this is an ad to get service, not an ad to learn more. Um, so I would avoid terms like learn more and I would be, you know, more geared towards get service now. Right. So that, that's I would say that would be the thing to that you could do. But but definitely, like you said, Dan, I mean, it's, you know, some of these local municipalities have taken this on and it's what it's doing is, is it's making people it's not like the insects gone away and the interest has gone away. It's just, well, I'll just call, you know, the town or whatever and see what they're doing about it. So um, getting back over to the mobile search side, one of the things that we're seeing um, is that direct traffic, like branded traffic uh, searches are actually going down on mobile. Um, and that's, that's not necessarily an issue. Um, if you look at it in a vacuum, you know, that may look like an issue, but I don't believe that it is. And, and here's why I say that. Number one is if we saw a dip in like calls or form submissions or traffic to, uh, or, or, you know, kind of throughput traffic of contacts, I would be like, hmm, this is a big deal. But what's happening is, is on the mobile search, uh, you know, the, the mobile engine uh, search engine result page, there's a lot more information now about businesses coming from Google. So what that turns into is that, you know, someone may be searching for your name or searching for your business and never touch your website. So they're still getting the contact, right? But they're not necessarily driving through to the website. So having said that, what that means is, is that you're probably still getting the traffic. You're probably not getting it all the way through to your website. So does that make sense, Dan, kind of what I'm saying? So you're so what you're saying, though, is that when it may be Google local services or something that will come through that way or what, what? Why wouldn't they get to your website? Yeah. If, so if let me let me back up. I'm going to talk about Google local services here in a minute. But let's just say you were searching for triangle. And so you said, OK, I'm looking for triangle lawn care, triangle pest control or whatever. Now, when you type that in, there are so many different options on how to contact you that. People, you know, because typically when they do a branded search, why are they doing it? 
because they, they want to contact you. you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They want to call you. They want to email you, whatever. What I'm saying is, is that in the past, they would give like a listing, maybe the hours and stuff like that. And then they'll link back through to your website. Now what you're seeing is call now. You know, there's a lot more options that are being displayed on that mobile um, results page that they never even touch your website. So so here we are. You know, they do the search for triangle. There is the listing. Everything that they would typically want to do. Google's handling for them before they even come through to your site. And so what I'm saying here is, is that even though your branded traffic is down, if that's the case, which it is the case for a lot of folks, don't get spooked and don't feel like, oh my gosh, everything's failing because that's absolutely not the case. What we're seeing is, is that contacts, you know, when, when folks reach out, those numbers are still the same, if not more. All I'm saying is, is that branded searches in general looked at in a vacuum, doesn't tell the complete story. And a lot of it has to do with the fact how the search engine result page has changed on the mobile side. And so I just want to make sure folks are aware of that. And so how, how does that affect PPC, right? So I click on uh, the, the term and I get charged or you get charged, uh, uh, but I'm not clicking on that. I'm just clicking on your phone number. Are you still getting charged for the uh, PPC? You are. Yeah, okay. you are. And, and, and what I would say is they, they're not super connected. It's more of like how the company is being displayed on the mobile uh, mobile results page. And so, you know, whether they get through there through pay-per-click or they get through organic, it doesn't really matter. I mean, a lot of them are coming through maps or Google um, or, you know, Google local services. And so, you know, the reality of it is, is that, again, the, the end result is the same. How they are getting there is changing, especially when it comes to branded searches. And so if someone's searching your name, and you're looking through your analytics and you're like, why is my organic branded search down? It's probably not because you have a, a, you know, your brand is going down or something's wrong with your website. Most likely what's happening is, is that people are getting what they need to get done right off Google's platform and they never come to your site. And so, um, so you asked about Google local services and I'm going to wrap up with a marketing update with this. Um, but I will say this in general, in general, Google local services is slowing down. This is not the case for all clients, but what we've seen is that, you know, as more and more people jump into Google local services, um, what's happening is, is that Google is, is sharing the load, so to speak, amongst folks. And so folks are struggling to spend and the amount of leads that it used to pull is nowhere near what it used to be. And so if you're in a market where folks are not really paying attention to Google local services, I would say go big. If you're in a highly competitive market, I'm probably not telling you anything that you don't already know and haven't already seen. What I'm telling you now is that from a from a national perspective, this is this is very very common across all markets. We're, we are definitely seeing that. You know, Google Local Services when it first launched, oh my gosh, it was the greatest thing in the world. But you know, as with most things, as more competitors jump in, the potency of that platform is is slowly diminishing not to say you shouldn't put any money in it at all but if you're in a highly competitive market and you're able to spend your budget congratulations you are a unicorn because <laughs> most people cannot do that <laughs> so um and it's more of an update i don't know that there's really anything to do with that other than you know making sure that you're still strong in other areas in terms of organic and your paid ads um but you know it, it is definitely a change that we're seeing. So with that, there's a ton more stuff that we can talk about with marketing, but I don't want to spend all of our time on marketing. And Dan, I want you to give a little bit of update on what you see 
on well do you want to talk about taxes first and then get into yeah let's talk about taxes so taxes um from our perspective in the business that we're in i love this environment because every other day there's a new proposal and people are freaking out and they need more accounting services (laughs) you know what's going to happen and um you know quite honestly if you if we were talking over the summer uh the there was going to be an elimination of the capital gains tax and people were losing their minds and uh oh i got to sell my company right now because i'm going to pay an extra 20 percent capital gains tax and then a proposal came out in september that was a proposal that said we're going to raise capital gains five percent and uh if you sell uh a company that you participate in, you're not subject to the, um, well, in prior, you're not subject to um, what they call an investment um, tax uh, that was 3.8%. So under the new uh, proposal or the latest proposal, they want to raise it 5% and that 3.8%. So essentially making your your uh, capital gains rate uh, 28.8%. And if you earn over $5 million in a year, there's a a 3% um, um, a tax on top of that. So it could actually go to 31%. Okay. So people are still losing their minds. They want to sell their companies before year end. Uh, but it's not as bad as it was in the summer. And, um, that said, um, you know, on the M and a front, it's, it's very, very difficult to sell a company before year end. Uh, you, you probably missed your window where we've got several deals in motion. I don't know that I could get another deal in before end of year unless you have an awesome company uh but uh, you can definitely uh, get with us but the four main points that uh, there's a lot in the in the proposal and we don't know when the proposal is going to get passed if it's going to get passed if it's going to get passed in its current form and um the the good thing that um that i like about the tax uh, um, you know landscape is that we're in america and here in america our government uh, tends to get into gridlock and gridlock would probably be the best thing that we could do here so that we don't raise these taxes or, you know, that, that we move uh, uh, toward, um, you know, compromise at a lower rate. So basically, so I, um, I have a question real quick yeah. with that, because I so I, I mean, the reality of it is, is that the tax code is still the same as it was like nothing has truly been passed yet. Correct. Nothing. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, but but one of the, the things that's scary is this capital gain. So all of the, the other stuff I'm going to talk about, if if it goes through, if, if they're able to do something this year, it starts on January 1st or, or December 31st of this year. The capital gains, they, they um, put out there that it would start on September 13th. If that passes in its current form, there's nothing you can do. Right. Um, right. I just liken it to I, I can't. You know, anything can happen, but here's here's the way I liken that to. I liken that to you're driving 50 miles an hour in your car today, and tomorrow they change the uh, speed limit to 40 miles an hour, and they send you a ticket for yesterday going 50 miles an hour. That's the way I liken it to. Could it happen? It sure could. But uh, anyway, so there's a lot going on on the tax front, but there's four main things that affect PMPs, right? So the first one is that the ordinary tax rate, um, your uh, marginal rate goes from uh, at the top from 37 to 39.6. Not the end of the world at all. I mean, that's, you know, we can live through that. And I would say for most of our clients, 
you know, we can yell and scream about taxes. If we're not selling our company and we're you're making under four hundred thousand dollars a year, you're not going to feel anything because it's that that's that's the uh, you know um, you know that that that's the proposal is not to touch anybody making um, less than four hundred thousand dollars a year. So the ordinary income that's um, you know uh, if if you're making more than four hundred thousand, uh, it's going to go up a few points, right? Uh, the next one is there's something called a 199A deduction, and you may not know it by its name, but but essentially what uh, the last you know in 2017 when Trump uh, did his tax um, decreases, this 199A deduction basically allowed you allowed you to uh, exclude 20% of your pass-through income. Most pest control companies are set up as S-Corps or LLCs, so those are pass-throughs. So you get to have this 20% uh, uh, credit against it uh, or non-taxable piece. And, and that, could, that, that was saving a lot of people a lot of money. What they're looking to do is to cap that at um, $500,000. So in other words, if you have more than two and a half million of profit, then you're going to get dinged. But if you have less than that, it's it's not really a problem. The, so the just to be clear, thing, if, I, yeah, if I have a million in profit, then I can deduct 20% of 500,000. The other 500,000, I can't. Is that- No, you can that, deduct 20% of the million dollars as long as there's, there's also some- uh, stipulations on, on on how much payroll you've spent and whatnot. So it's it's so that people don't game the system and uh, just uh, show a whole bunch of profits so that they run it through a pass through so they can take the twenty gotcha. percent. It's going to be a real company doing uh, real payroll. But unless you're showing two and a half million dollars or more, then it, it, it won't affect you. Um, the third thing is the capital gains that we discussed. Um, and if you're not selling your company, uh, it's really not that big of a deal. And if you're selling stocks, all of these uh, capital gain uh, items kick in after a million dollars. So if you're, you know, selling your stock and you made a hundred thousand dollar profit, and you know that's that's probably not going to get affected, depending on what your, the rest of your situation is. But it, the the real problem is if you're going to sell your company and you're going to sell it for millions, that's that's the real problem. And then the last one, which is not getting a lot of play, is the gift and estate planning. Gift and estate planning is pretty important. Um, so um, there, there's something called the unified credit. And basically what the unified credit does is that allows you to deduct either during your lifetime or when you pass, you're allowed, you have this unified credit that, that uh, while you're alive, it, it's a gift tax. When, when you die, it's a, an estate tax, but you get right now currently under current law, you get $11.7 million uh, exclusion. And if you're married, you can double that, right? So in other words, I can pass my company or lots of money or whatever to my kids um, and if it, as long as it's under that for my lifetime or my estate, then it's not subject to estate tax. Remember, estate tax is not income tax. Estate tax and gift tax is paid by the donor, not the donee. In other words, I give it away. If I give 30 million away, then I have to do an estate tax uh, tax return and I pay the, the taxes. So it's a little different than income. But so what um, this this increase came back. Uh, came around several years ago and is actually scheduled to expire in 2026 and it would go down to just a couple million dollars. But what the tax proposal, um, what they're doing is they're, they're, they're saying that they want to lower it from 11.7 million to 6.2 million. Okay. And so that can be problematic 
if you give away your company and remember uh, what is the valuation of your company and by the way if, if you're going to do that if you're doing estate planning you should get a business valuation we know that the valuations in pest control are pretty crazy at the market level but we also know that if you use if if, if you use a certified uh, um, appraiser they have certain techniques uh, and certain formulas to, to value your company and usually that valuation will come in significantly less than what you can make that phone call to one of the big guys. Um, yep. And that's what you should be doing right about now. Uh, if you are looking to give away pieces of your company to your kids. And then there's a whole bunch of um, if this thing goes through and it goes through through uh, by December, this would be the time to and, and you have a significant net worth or your company's worth you know, well over uh, the numbers I'm talking about, there are trusts that you can set up. And I'm not going to get into it now. I'm not a lawyer, uh, but but uh, the, 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 the various problems with trusts are control issues because, you you know, if it's irrevocable, you give up control issues as well as valuation uh, issues. I encourage you to call uh, a trust and estate attorney, somebody who does elder planning and that kind of thing. And so those are the tax issues that are on the table. And I'm sure that they're going to change. And I'm sure people are going to lose their mind over it. And it's all good for business. So for our business. Anyway. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Yeah. And I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to end where we started, which is, I, I mean, I think the main thing here is just keep, keep an update on what's happening. I, I don't. Yeah. Things move so stinking slow in Washington. Will it move? Yes. Will it move before the end of the year? I would, I, don't, I certainly wouldn't be willing to bet anything on that. I mean, you, you know, we're, we're talking about budget here and how to pay for it. I mean, it just, it, like you said, it's gridlock and it's actually pretty good because in that case, it means nothing's changing in the short term. And so. you have razor thin margins in Congress, right? So that, that, that uh, both sides are, you know, the Democrats have a little bit of a majority, but not much. And so right. all you have to do is move one of those Congress people or, or a couple of them. And now we're back to gridlock, which unfortunately it's terrible that we're saying this that's a good thing right yeah yeah so. for business maybe not good for the country but good for the business so right all right you want to run us all about you all about you yeah <laughs> you want to run us to the index yeah the index is kind of interesting uh what we're seeing is that now remember if you look at the uh terminex uh, rollins renekill uh their quarterly um reports we are so highly correlated with them. However, our numbers are, tend to be quite a bit higher because we work with small businesses, right? And and so, um, you know, uh, kind of like small cap versus blue chip, right? When you look at that, the stock. that's exactly right. Absolutely, that's yeah. a great analogy. So anyway, what we're seeing is that the September index that just came out, by the way, and it's not up. On, well, as of today, it's not up on our website, and today is uh, uh, October twenty sixth. So um, uh, it should be up tomorrow or the next day. But what, what we're seeing is that um, in general, the, um, uh, the, the, the entire index is up 14.3% year over year for the month of September, uh, which is down just a tad from August. Again, we're coming up against some very, uh, well, easier numbers because of last year in the pandemic, right? So it might be interesting if you take a... Um, uh, if, if, if you were to um, uh, take a um, like a, a, an average 
um, of the two years or even three years to look at, at the growth. Um, the one thing that we're seeing is that residential is up uh, over 18% and then commercial is actually down. So it kind of averages in, which is, is kind of interesting. Um, and I think, um, you know, you said something before about people going back to the office. I'm thinking this is because people are getting used to this um, uh, work from home thing and it's not changing. And so therefore they need residential services. And we were right smack in the middle of residential services. And that's why our residential is going up. And again, this is my, um, you know, uh, interpretation. And, uh, but, but who knows? The one thing that's kind of interesting is in, in, on the M&A front is the valuations are never been higher. We just got an offer for a company and the multiple is over four, which is pretty darn good. Um, but that said, what is the multiple on EBITDA? It's like 15, 16 times. So Rollins is right now trading for 32 times. So you can see how they could make a, a deal like that, but they, they may or may not. They're pretty disciplined. But then we have Terminex at 14.1 and Rent-A-Kill at 16.9. The commentary here is, how does it go up anymore? But I'm not saying that it's not because every time we do, we we, we right. become fools, right? Actually, just keep saying that so it'll keep going up. That'd be great. So. <laughs> well, you know, every time you say, well, it can't go any higher. And then, uh, you know, the, we, we have uh, one guy in the industry who keeps calling a top and then he forgets what, that he just called the top because he says it's going even higher, right? But Oh, I remember that article. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. But, 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 but at the end of the day, it is going up. Right? And is there a path to make it even higher? And and here's uh, th this could happen. I'm not saying it's going to, but the fact of the matter is taxes go up, and then you you know these companies have to keep buying, right? Because that's part of their expansion strategy. But now you, it's not as compelling for you to sell because you're going to pay all these taxes. So me as the buyer, I have to up my price in order to get you interested. That could happen. Right. So how much higher could it go? Who knows? But that's a path that's that, that's kind of interesting. The other thing that that, that is also kind of interesting is that our pest control companies have lagged the S&P for this year. Right. They were on a tear for quite a while, but they've they've come back. Kind of interesting. If we see the market rotate, I would be a buyer of these public stocks. You know, I mean, I'm not a stock picker, but but it certainly is pretty compelling. So. Um, you know, uh, they, I can see they, you they, kind of going Kramer on this, right? Going Kramer, <laughs> bye. <laughs> New York five, Chicago sell. You know, but but yeah. uh, that's uh, you know. Well, it's uh, funny. It's funny you mentioned that because you remember Tim talked about that last time we had him on. He was talking about kind of what was happening with with pest stocks in general and how they were they were getting beat up a little bit, but because everyone's kind of seeing this, like uh, I don't want to call it the the COVID hangover, but um, so I agree with you. I think it, I, I just think that, that that they were on a tear. So so people rotated out into other you know high tech Tesla whatever, and and so what's what what's happened is they've um, flipped backwards, but um, the fundamentals are still very very strong. These companies are very very profitable, and uh, if if um, there's a road, if, you know if the market crashes, then everybody's uh, going down. But if the market uh, tends to move up with and, and rotation. Um, these stocks could be uh, some pretty good stocks to, to be buying. 
And here he is, it, it, from, from Dan Kramer. It's, uh, you heard it here first. Bye. Bye, bye, bye. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think in general, I mean, this is great, right? I mean, what it's showing is, is that, you know, getting back to the whole blue chip versus small cap example, the reality of it is, is that they're all doing well and they're all growing, you know, and that is great news for our industry. It's, you know, obviously if you own a business or if you're a manager, you're in the industry, it is super good news for our industry. And I think it's a stable, secure and much to like what you said, Dan, even if we, I mean, we will have a correction, right? There is going, that is for sure going to happen. Um, but in the past, when we've had these, you know, we've been fairly lucky as an industry and we just don't have the, just, you know, the massive losses, not to say it can't happen. I just don't, I don't see it, but I want to transition real quick now. Well, before we do that, anything else to add to the PES index before we move on? No, no, I think that that's, uh, it, it's, it's really quite telling. And again, it's on our uh, www.sellmypcobusiness.com. You can uh, grab the report. It's a joint venture Ooh. between us and William Blair. I was going to say, and we'll link it, you know, on, on the show notes, uh, if you go uh, and look at the episode, you know, the show notes for this show. But I want to get into some issues that are very, uh, very timely and very real that's happening in the industry. And I want to talk a little bit about it because we've never really, I mean, we've talked a little bit about all three of these, but I think it's time for you and I to kind of break these down and talk about action items as, as what they are. And, and the first one is, I want to talk about the supply chain and the issues facing that. That by far, I will tell you, I know that when I talk to folks, their number one thing is the labor markets. And we're going to talk about that. But I want to talk about supply chain stuff first. Um, you know, there, this whole disruption in the supply chain is very real. If you've not experienced it yet, um, well, number one, I would be shocked. I mean, we definitely have faced it at Triangle. Uh, I've had other customers who have faced it and, you know, specifically if you've not faced it in terms of demand or being able to actually get the product, you absolutely have faced it in terms of pricing. And so, you know, we talked also about vehicles. This. It's very difficult to get vehicles right now. So it most certainly is. And so we talked about this. Um, we had a previous podcast. I don't remember the number, but it's the one with Sagenta where they yeah. started talking about a lot Marshall of the issues Gaston. they were having. Yeah. yeah, they were having with supply chain. And so I, you know, I want to bring that around to, well, what does that mean for you? If, okay, I say if, I, I can only tell you what Triangle's doing and then relate it back to what I think is a wise move. We have already done, you know, our forecasts, you know, for 2023 actually. And we are making orders now, you know, we ordered trucks back last, well, early summer for next year. And so I, I guess my point here is, is that are those trucks going to get built or what are they saying? Yeah. Yeah. So we're supposed to be getting them by year end, if not, you know, with, but did you know, <laughs> we were told that last year mm -hmm. <laughs> and, That's what I mean. and, and at the very end, you know, we were ended up going to dealers and we actually had some dealers who said, yes, we have the truck. And then 24 hours later, so well, the price just went up 3k and guess what we did? We you paid it. We bought them. Yeah. So, so my, I mean, they know it, right? So, so I guess. It's a wonderful to, time to, to gouge people. It really is. It's, it's, it it's, is. And, and there are definitely dealers who do that if you can't get it from the factory. And so, so bringing that back around to our listeners, what does this mean for you? Number one, um, you should already have your budget done for 2022. And if you don't have one done for 2023, now's a great time to do that. And then out of that, I would back out 
supplies and I would back out people and I would back out trucks and or whatever it is that you use to deliver your service. And I would get that forecast out and order like now. I'm not telling you to order for 2023 right now, but if you're ordering for 2022 um, now, you probably, in, at least in terms of trucks, you most likely will not get them. Um, and so, you know, what I have seen some customers do is that they're hedging, meaning that they're ordering more chemical than they need and whatever shows up, they put on the shelf and they're holding it. I am not insinuating, nor am I encouraging anyone to hoard chemicals. But the fact is, and I'm, I'm going to link this up on the show notes website, but, you know, everyone is trying to ease the pressure on the supply chain. I, I've got an article here. And again, I'll link this up. This happened back in July. You know, the EPA, um, you know, they're allowing, you know, substitute inner ingredients so that folks can make more pesticides. And so the reality of it is, is that this is something that is significant in our industry. And, you know, is it going to kill us? No. Is it going to be the end of the world? No, I don't think it is. But the fact is, is that if you're trying to grow and you're trying to get your service done, you cannot do it without materials and you cannot the, do it without trucks. The and interesting thing, yeah, the interesting thing is if you look at uh, P&L of a general pest control company, you know, your chemicals are five or six percent. So you get a 30 percent increase. Right. That's only mm. a point and a half on your P&L. And, and that's what's happening. The problem is the lawn care companies those chemicals or materials are 15 to 20 percent and now you're going to get a 30 or 40 percent increase uh, and and it becomes very very um, expensive uh, as it relates to your p l and grass seed what we're seeing is is quadrupled in price right so those people and right at the right time right all the seeding and aeration season right now and so what we're what we're hearing is that if you're going to do uh, any seeding in the in the spring, you better order your seed now. Um, but from what I understand, uh, next fall it, we, we should uh, you know that should be relieved. But uh, uh, it, it's just crazy. But but remember, in relation to your P and L, uh, you know if you can't get a product, then you can't do your service. But if 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 your product is five percent and it goes up thirty percent, it's it's bad, but it's not the end of the world. If you're in yeah. lawn care, you gotta watch that because it will eat up your profit. So you know, consider price increases. We've we've got several clients who are doing seven to ten percent price increases across the board just to hand. That is an ultimate segue into the next point. By the way, we did not coordinate this, but it's a great. I'll tell you, it's a great segue into our next point, which is pricing pressure and inflation. This is a big one. Um, I am sure, you know, for our listeners, it, it's no surprise that that prices are going up. The problem is, is that it's going up extremely fast. And, you know, again, we're going to link this article in the show notes. Um, but, but the fact is, is that the feds were expecting, you know, inflation to go up 1.8% this year. Well, the, the consumer price increase, you know, as of, as of the end of September is actually up 5.3%. Um, again, we'll put the link story up, but, you know, the reality of it is, is that prices are going up significantly and it's putting a lot of pressure on on service companies. It's putting a lot of pressure on product. And so what you're seeing is that everything is going up and expectations of your workers are going to go up as well. And so, you know, what does that mean for you? Number one, I would be looking at labor market uh, pay. And I would be looking at my service pricing. I am not going to tell people, hey, it's fall, go raise your prices. But the fact is, is how long can you take 
you know, increase in, um, in pricing in terms of material? How long can you take increase in price and fuel? You know, how much can you take before it's going to really eat at your profit? It's already eating at your profit. And so the reality of it is, is that if you've not started adjusting for inflation, it better be in your 2022 plan in the spring, uh, because I don't see it going away. You know, the article and multiple articles have said, well, this is going to be temporary. And, you know, once the supply chain opens back up, but you know, when is that going to be? And are you going to bet your, your profit on that? And are you going to try to ride it out? Because, you know, a lot of companies are not. And, you know, when you see the linked article, they go through different industries and how they're, how they're, you know, changing their pricing because they're not going to, you know, they're not able to make it with the current margins, with what's happening on, on the increases in prices. And so, you know, Dan is a certain, he's a big fan of this. I am obviously a fan of it as well, but price increases, you've got oh, to yeah. keep up with what's going on with inflation because the reality of it is, is that if consumer price uh, index is up 5.3% and you don't change, what does that mean for your value of your take home? Right. You're, you're, you're it's it's 5.3% less. Yeah. But, but here's the, the interesting thing. And, and, Unless the economy crashes. So it, this is kind of an interesting dichotomy, right? We've got this high inflation, but we've got this uh, rock solid economy. And, um, you know, so you raising your prices, everybody else is doing it. So it's kind of, you know, your customers are going to understand. That said, if they're in a world of hurt because the economy is not treating them right, then they're just going to quit your service. But I don't think that there's a better time to raise your prices when everybody else is raising them 20% or 15% and you're raising yours 5% or 5.3. So, so uh, people definitely understand they may not, um, you know, they, they, because of their own personal situation, they may say, well, I'm out, but uh, people are definitely understanding price increases right now. I really don't think so. I think with, you know, and, and I'll go ahead and transition to our last point because it's very relevant to all of these is, you know, I think people understand with the increases in pricing and just the lack of available labor, you know, you've got to do something. And and the reality of it is, is that, you know, you, you raise your prices. Um, I think most customers are going to understand. Um, so we're just, so, we're right. assuming that the economy is good and that they have the money. They'll understand, but if they don't have the money, you're out, you know. For sure, so, for sure. So. So, so rolling back to the, the last piece here, and I think this is probably common amongst everyone, is just this whole lack of labor um, and, and the impact it is on our, on our industry. And I am a huge fan of a guy who writes for Forbes. His name is Bill Connerly. I've used him. I've used a lot of his stuff in some presentations I've done when it comes to segmenting out, you know, millennials and kind of, you know, what's going to happen in the long term. And there's an article, again, we'll link this in the show notes, where he talks about what's going on in the labor market. Why is it so difficult to to get labor at this point? And, you know, he, he makes a few points, right? There's some folks saying, well, you know, people are scared going back because of COVID. Well, when you run the data, that doesn't that doesn't pan out. And then the next one is, well, they, they're all living on the government cheese, right? There's this whole thing of people getting stimulus, right? And the reason they're not going back is because, you know, because they've got all this money. Well, when you look at the data, it's been half their income. Um, they, you know, by the time you look at all the stimulus and even the unemployment benefits, it still doesn't pan out. So that, that it's over that, and they're still not yeah. coming. Exactly. Exactly. And so, you know, so he goes through these several different hypotheses as to why is there such pressure on the labor market? And he has a very interesting 
um, case here. By the way, I saw this article a couple years ago when it came out. This article came out in 2018. I didn't believe it. It's called The Scariest Chart Ever. It's actually pretty damn funny to read it. Um, but essentially, and again, I'll link this article up on the, um, on the show notes page as well. But the, the reality of it is, is that the labor force is shrinking and we're not replacing workers. In fact, the lowest growth rate in, this, in the workforce since the Civil War, like we've never seen anything happen like this. And so the reality, I shouldn't say we never, the last time we saw this slow growth, it was right after the Civil War. And so again, I'll, I will link it off the website. The article is called The Scariest Chart for Business. Um, and, and so essentially this is what we're gonna be looking at over the next decade. Meaning that, you know, I've heard a few things that, well, you know, this is gonna ease up by the end of the year. It's not gonna be off. That's true, but the point he makes, and you know, again, looking at this article, and I agree with him, is that it's a change in population. It's a change in demographics. As baby boomers kind of rotate out, there is not a huge line of new workers getting into the workforce that's gonna continue the kind of this endless, um, you know, this endless supply of, of labor. And so the reality of it is, is that, guess what? This is kind of the new reality. And, you know, this whole idea that, you know. You're talking blue collar labor, right? Because, yeah. I mean, there, there's yeah, plenty of millennials out there, but, uh, you know, from trading Bitcoin, it's a lot more compelling than going out and killing bugs. You know? There's no doubt about it. So, so I guess my point is, is like, what does this mean for you? I think the main thing out of all of this is that, you know, at least, and again, I, I, I hate to continue to do this, but I have to speak from direct experience. At Triangle, we have started putting labor and the growth of labor on point with revenue and sales numbers. Like we are definitely focused on this because I see it as a huge risk to our growth. You know, I, I think the reality of it is, is that we've got to rethink how well we market for labor and, and adjust to the reality that it's just not going to be as easy as it once was. And there's not, and I don't mean to be doom and gloom here, of course, but, but again, read the articles for yourself, draw your own conclusions. I can tell you what I'm going to do. And that is, is that we're going to, we're going to add another recruiter and we're going to get very, very serious about labor because I don't see this changing. And even if we have a little bit of a reprieve, you know, you got to remember, you're going to have normal churn within your labor force. And if you're trying to grow and everyone else is trying to grow and the economy is growing like it is, you know, it's only going to make it more and more difficult. It, this is a problem that's not going to go away. It's not something that's just like, well, you know, we're going to get through this supply chain issue and everyone back from COVID and it's all going to be like it was before. I don't see that happening. The data doesn't support that. And I think, you know, we are really facing a new reality when it comes to labor. The, the, the Fundamentally, because we don't have as people. The, the trade no. schools aren't turning out as many, um, you know, mechanics, electricians, plumbers, and 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 trades. You know, everybody wants to, you know, be the CEO when they come out of school, and um, and so so that's changing a little bit. So, uh, you know, the idea yeah. is to show people what a great, uh, you know, what did what did uh, Michael Gerber say? The vision, right? You, you know, you've got oh to, yeah, you've got to create the vision and the dream. You know, so. Um, I'm not saying, you know, he made it sound very easy and I'm not saying that it's easy at all because it's not, but how do you get the guy uh, to work for you when there's another pest control company next door and, and he's got choices. So I was going to say not even pest control, right? I mean, outside our industry, I mean, it's just, yep. it's the reality of it is it's going to be way more competitive for labor and this is not going to change. Um, yep. And so, you know, I, I think now is the time to position 
and get it out of your brain. It's all awful. We can't find people. Well, you know, boohoo, and that's the reality. I mean, and 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 you know, and now it's like, what are we going to do about it? And because the fact is, is that there's not some light at the end of the tunnel for this issue, and I don't see it going away. Um, and so, you know, now it's like, well, that's a challenge, and it's a long-term challenge. So we've just got to position to make sure that we, you know, we are able to get the labor that we need, despite the competitive nature of it. Because at the end of the day, there's still people in the market; they still need jobs. And, you know, now it's like we've got to just get more deliberate and more attractive to those, you know, to the labor force. So, well, Dan, you know, there it is. We, we solved all the problems of the world uh, they, right there in, in 40 minutes. But, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, we were not talking about politics, luckily. So, so there you yeah. go. <laughs> Stay tuned for the tax increase. We'll, uh, yeah, we'll let you know when it happens. So. And that's our wrap up. And so I think this one's going to go out this week. And, you know, Dan, we're going to be out at Pest World next week, um, which I'm super excited about. I'll be in the Cool March booth. I'm sure you'll be in the PMP Industry Insider, oh, the PCO. I'm getting my PMP. PCO bookkeepers. We're actually yes. in a, a blackjack table there. If you want to come by, uh, you can play blackjack and uh, we'll have prizes for uh, the top three winners. So, uh that should be fun, and we'll see if the uh, you know Nevada Gambling Commission shuts us down or not. But uh, <laughs> I'm sure they will. They'll be like, Vegas, what are you doing? No, yeah, you no, can't we, yeah it's exciting. I mean, obviously, we'll be in Vegas. We'll you know obviously be in the Cold March booth. Like I said, Dan will be over the PCO bookkeepers. We're also going to record an episode on location next week at Piss World. We'll try that to be interesting. Let's see how that works. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it will be interesting. So we're going to run around, see what we can find, anything new, uh, some news that are happening. And of course, we'll report it back to all of you. And with that, we're going to close. Well, this by the way, so I don't know if you know your number, but our booth is number 506. So please come by and visit us. I don't know our booth number. Don't consume yourself with this small information. So. No, it's, you know what? We're Colmarch, okay? You'll see a big Colmarch sign. Uh, we'll be around. We're close to Dan. We're close to yeah. the Workway booth. Um, so again, it, it won't be difficult to find us and we'll be running around. So with that, we will see you all next time, if not in Vegas at Pest World. And just a reminder, if you enjoyed this episode or any of the content we're doing, please go and rate and review us on Apple and Spotify, however it is that you get us. And also, don't forget that all the resources and links that we talked about, articles that we talked about, we'll have them linked up on PMPindustryInsider.com under show notes. And with that, we're going to close this session. We'll see you all next time. Thanks, Dan. Take care. Bye.